0: I'm speaking now with J. Nicole Brooks, the actor, writer, and director. And I have to use this kind of voice when I say her name like that because her handle on Twitter is Dr. Slick and I'm not sure which one I'm going to be talking to today. Nikki, Slick, Doctor, who am I talking to?
1: Uh, whoever the IRS and the student loan people are not looking for. Peace, peace, everybody. This is Jay Nicole Brooks known as Dr. Slick, Slick, Venus, all the things I also answer to hey you. My gender pronouns are she, her, hers, they, them, and I'm a Taurus.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 692, J. Nicole Brooks. Director, and playwright Jane Nicole Brooks is the author and director of Her Honor Jane Byrne, which looks at the moment in Chicago history when its first woman mayor moved into the Cabrini-Green housing projects. Just three nights after it had its official world premiere opening at Chicago's Looking Glass Theater, the rest of the run was canceled due to the restrictions being imposed around the world in the midst of this global pandemic. It was a wonderful production with so much promise and so many great performances. I didn't want to lose this moment. So two days ago, Nikki and I ventured forth into public for probably the last time in a few weeks to talk about how the play came
1: together and where it might go from here. This idea came to me Probably when I was a child, Mm. if I'm honest, Mm. and we can get into that, but (laughs) I have been working on it for about two years, Uh, really, like, the idea came longer ago, and I started really, I think I started putting the first words to the page in 2015 and it was like, you know, just 15 pages of like, what if, what if, what if, but it was really um, in 2018 and 2019 that all of the characters started coming alive in the story and it all started coming together, so it's been a long road to create this and uh, it's been about a year of pre-production And working very, very, very hard, not only on the script because I'm the writer, but I was also director of the production. So it was a lot of fire trucking work. Oh, are we blue? How blue is your sir? Oh, sorry. That's okay. I I leave in shits and bleep out. Fire trucks. (laughs) Um, I think you know how uh, blue I am so I will do my best I'm not absolutely not worried about it (sighs) good shit it's not he dick fire truck. I had to get it out. Okay, I won't say any of that anymore.
0: I love it. You were talking about Richard the Third and cats there for a second, so that makes all the sense in the world. Um, well, what I loved about the the play because we saw it, I think, on one of the opening nights. It had a kind of a rolling opening, um, and I, th- I think I put this out on Twitter. It was. Epic and Shakespearean in, a, in, in, in 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 so many wonderful ways, um, and you had me when you gave a shout out to Shelley Winters in the Poseidon Adventure. I'm always here for that.
1: Well, um, well, thank you. Um, this play was, for me, a love letter to Chicago. Yeah. And if you've ever written a good love letter to anyone, you'll know that the, it, a, a love letter is not always about romance. A love letter is not always about... Um, perfection. Perfection. Yeah. It's joy, it's pain, and for me, it's influence. So my play... It was about a community of people, and it was about what haunted them and what influenced them. So um, a part of that, for me, is little Nikki When I was a child and when I was experiencing the world the way I did, for me— I watched as much TV and film as possible, and my mother totally allowed it. I mean, she was taking me to see Charles Bronson movies when I was six years old. Uh, So on Saturday afternoons or late at night, all I did was watch Channel 9 and Channel 32, because they showed all of the great movies and the Poseidon Adventure. If you've never seen it, please go and see it. See the original. It's the only one I'm gonna acknowledge. Peace to everybody that made the other one. (laughs) (laughs) But it was this, (laughs) it was a part of a canon of disaster films that a lot of people died, and then there was usually one hero or heroine Mm -hmm. that would make it out to the end. In Shelley Winters' case, spoiler alert, she didn't quite make it to the end, but Shelley Winters changed the trajectory of the Poseidon adventure. And when I saw that as a kid, that's how I saw myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a long-winded t- way of saying <laughs> that a weird disaster Hollywood movie made me think: even if you die early in the movie, right. you can help the hero get to freedom. And you don't look like a typical Hollywood movie star in Shelley Winters King. Yeah. No, she yeah. was... Now, listen, this is from my eyes yeah. when I'm a kid. She's this, like, large woman, and she's got these gorgeous titties, and she's got this wig that is, like, quaffed and wet at the same time. <laughs> you know, it was like... <laughs> and she was swimming, and she yeah. was muscular and athletic, yeah. and she was the... Fu- no one else showed agility in that movie. If you go and watch... Yeah the Poseidon Adventure. Nobody is as strong as her. Nobody was the athlete that she was. Absolutely. No. I recognize that too. Absolutely. She said, that, I'm going to save us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got them to the next level. Yeah. And then tragedy stuck. Yeah. So, for me, how does that relate to the Cabrini-Green community? Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, my play is not about... Um, a white heroine—and I say that respectfully to the memory and legacy of Mayor Jane Byrne—I didn't want to write a white savior story. But there wasn't one there no.
0: wasn't one too right?
1: Well, sure, no no, you'd yeah. be surprised at what people want uh, oh, I, oh are right. you kidding me? Right. Yeah oh my God, people love the biographical look at what this brave person did. They went into this circumstance and came out and did that. Well, that's what I loved about another thing I loved about the play, which is, is that it, you
0: think it's going to be like a biopic or something. You think it's going to be the story of Jane Byrne, and it's and it's and it's not. It 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 it, it seems to celebrate her, as you say, a romance, uh, a love letter. It celebrates her while at the same time really exposing not only her flaws, but sort of the real people that we should be focusing on, the residents that she moved in among. I mean, in the same way she brought news cameras into Cabrini Green, you use Jane Byrne to bring us to these other, to be fair, way more interesting characters?
1: Well, for me, um, I have always been fascinated with uh, corruption. I learned at a very young age how corruption works in our town, Chicago. If you grew up in Chicago in a certain age, you grew up watching governors and aldermen go to jail every other you know?
0: Even if you just moved back here in 2011, you <laughs> saw that happening.
1: I really it's still want- a, It's a, still a town run by gangsters, like by Capone. Well, it goes beyond Capone. I mean, like, absolutely. When you grow up here, it's like Al Capone is you know, it, it, he's commercial. You can take a tour bus and yeah. you can buy any shot glass in Walgreens that says, welcome to Chicago, and you're going to see Al Capone on there. But what people outside of our city may not realize is that organized crime, the black hand, the mafioso, that shit was real here. Yeah. It was real, and it uh, its influence went beyond some of the movies that we see Mm -hmm. the Chicago Mafia uh, which I was kind of nervous to write about at first but then I was like well f**k it you know Uh, it wasn't just in the 20s during a romantic time of gangsters and Tommy guns The mafia had people on every payroll you could think of. And that affected all the communities yep. politicians, folks that lived in Cabrini Green. So I couldn't just write about some uh, brave white woman moving into an all black complex. It was more than that. So you have a collage of stories. How did it come
0: to you? Did you think, did you know going in, hey, I'm going to use the Jane Byrne as the character to take us to these other characters? Or did you think, I should write a play? about Black Check. Or I should write a play
1: about Marion Stamps.
0: You know, just focus on those folks without Jane
1: Byrne. Jane came to me first. Usually when a... Uh a character comes to me, they 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 talk to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's up to me to tune the frequency. And once I got tuned, she started talking a lot. And the second person that came was Jay McMullen. So the first pages I ever wrote was a scene that I ended up cutting from mm-hmm. a painful... It was a painful cut. But I wrote, well, what was it like for Jane Byrne in the first night that she spent in a Cabrini-Green projects, So the first scene was about she and her husband and what they were doing. Uh, it started from that, and then from there, I said, well, who are the people she comes across? She has to come across some cops. All right. Let's, let's let me see what kind of cops comes to me. OK, she's definitely got to talk to residents. Let me see. So it yeah. really started with Jane and her husband. And then the world cracked open. I did a lot of research. I made sure that I could find out as many facts as I could. And then from there, dramaturgically, you start to create this world of uh, characters. I am Nicole Galland author of the novels I, Iago and The Rise and Fall of Dodo and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast.
0: Where can you RSC the RSC boy that is a very good question. Our performances of Hamlet's Big Adventure a prequel and The Complete History of Comedy Abridged this week and next month have been postponed until we can reschedule them. Our, so far, our performances in May and June of 2020 have not been affected, but check out our Twitter feed at Reduced and our RSE Facebook page for the latest information. We will also continue to update our touring page at ReducedShakespeare.com. You can at least see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It is still on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K on our website. You can, of course, hear us via this podcast and our other recordings available at Apple Music. If you're working from home or binge listening, now would be an excellent time to leave us that five-star review you've been meaning to leave wherever you listen to us. And do spread the word about us via your usual channels. All we have is each other these days. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for The Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page again for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with playwright Jane Nicole Brooks, talking about her latest play, Her Honor, Jane Byrne. You know, speaking of Shakespearean, we were talking about, I, you know, I, the, the gift you had of that actor who played Black Che, and he opened the show with all the announcements you need to make these days about phones and whatever. Black Jay was a Shakespearean fool character, and that's how the play began.
1: And 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 for my money, I could have I could have seen a play about, about Black Jay. Well, um, that makes me so happy. This play is a comedy; it's a dark comedy. Yeah. And for me, it, it was a play about corruption, but it was also a play that was about kings and queens and guillotines. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, you have uh, a lot of uh, Shakespearean influence. Uh, to me, the two central characters, uh, Jane Byrne and Marion Stamps, Mm -hmm. in many ways they were like uh, Mary Queen of Scots and Queen Elizabeth. That's not Elizabethan, but, you know, again, kings and queens of guillotines. The character of Black Che is definitely a clown. He is meant to come and to make you laugh, but to stay in the truth of it. He doesn't set it up for the joke. He's a wise fool, yes. A wise fool gets the laugh when it's least expected. even in moments of pain. So I wanted Black Che to greet the audience, also to sort of decolonize the space, to let them know, like, this is an experience where you can laugh laugh and you can talk back and you don't have to feel like you have to... um, go along with what society, especially European-based societies, told us. The only rule was, stay off your cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the the production has been canceled, but as we
0: all know, writers never... Uh, 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 finish their plays. They only abandon them temporarily. Um, is there a rewrite coming? Did you did you learn did you learn things that you want to take into a possible future production or for, or, or a possible remount?
1: Writing is rewriting. That being said, I wrote 10 drafts of this play. I worked very hard. After each preview, I made changes. And so I actually feel very good about the story that I wrote on the page. And yeah, of course, there's always shit you look back on and go, ah, I should have cut that, you know. But I don't have any regrets about this. But I should note that Her Honor Jane Byrne is beginning of a saga of... Plays that I'm writing about Chicago mayors. So the the saga or cycle starts in 1981 with uh, Jane Byrne the next play, which I'm currently writing, is about Harold Washington, and uh, it's titled Harold Washington and the City Council Wars. Um, Then it goes to Richard M. and Richard J. Daly, and then the final play is about Rahm Manuel on the way out, and maybe— Lori Lightfoot on the way in so these are about four or five plays we're talking about and it focuses on uh, a moment in each of these uh, mayor's lives and uh, they're not biographical plays but like slice biographical so that's what's in the Canon
0: that gives me life that gives <laughs> me hope and I, I I'm, I'm only slightly concerned that that timeline of your output doesn't um, it doesn't seem to include room for a bio play about Shelley Winters and I don't know <laughs> (laughs) when you're going to get on
1: that? When I play her in the Lifetime movie. Don't be mad, y'all. Things are changing. This is the new millennium, honey. Don't be mad. I will play Shelly Winters and you will like it.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except not quite. Nikki and I have one more thing to talk about, but I'll save that for the end. And hopefully, when this is all over, her her extraordinary play, her Honor Jane Byrne will get a remount. In the meantime, send us your self-medicating and social distancing techniques via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on twitter at reduced you could also follow me on twitter at austin tichner and you can follow j nicole brooks on twitter and instagram at dr slick thanks as always to white savior matthew croak web services by ginger power limited music by john weber and garage band our random fan shout out this week goes to gray ashford No reason, it's just random. Thanks to my daughter Daisy Titchener for all the fire trucking fire trucks. The only reason I bleep out the F word is that that automatically triggers a parental or explicit warning in iTunes or Apple Podcasts and and I don't want to stick an explicit warning on the podcast because it will scare away sensitive types who will never try us out and probably disappoint people wanting something way more explicit than we ever get into. I try to keep us all on a Shakespearean level of bodiness and innuendo, fit for all manner of gobshites and fire trucking folk. Special thanks to, to my other Nikki, Nicole Galland, the author of the novel I, Iago, and who I happen to know is spending her social distancing quarantine time writing the sequel to her novel with Neil Stevenson, The Rise and Fall of Dodo. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe and stay home. I'm Austin Titchener, 692-2076th of The Reduced Shakespeare Company. So this virus has hit. Theater is canceled. We are all doing what we can to, uh, you know, be safe and uh, uh, and, and and self-medicate. <laughs> and one of the ways in which I'm doing this is talking to other artists about their work. So I I just want to say thank you for doing this because it's a it's a privilege to talk to you about all of this.
1: I want to thank you um, as my friend and comrade. Uh, it, it was gutting. It was. A very, very difficult moment, which—it was also a moment of—it's nothing personal. My play was a world premiere. I worked very hard with an incredible team of people. The most rich experience I've had in my life—it was life-changing. So when I got the phone call at 6.30 p.m. uh, Thursday night, only three days after opening, that we have to close the show, you know, um, it's a heartache. But it, but it existed. It yeah. existed three days. I had two school groups that saw it. We don't know that this production can never come back. We don't even know if many of our theater companies will survive this. Yeah. And I'm speaking. Um, for the entire city. It's not just that, oh, we're going to postpone this when this gets over in two right. weeks. That's not where we're facing. Yeah. So the sadness that I feel has really, it, it, it doesn't have to do with, oh, my production got canceled. Right. You know, it's hard. That—that yeah. that, You know, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, between Wednesday and Thursday, I lost every stream of revenue. I I lost all of my jobs, you know? So it's like, yeah, we're all in this together, and that's a great thing. But I am proud and honored that we got to present this beautiful— experience that was haunting and painful. So I just want to say real quick to all of my comrades and friends that had to have their production shut down, their readings, workshops, or even they're facing their theaters closing doors, know that we can rise again. And I'm sending peace, love and power and fortitude to everybody. And thank you so much for letting me talk about my play. Thank you. Thank you. Thanking. Thank you. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations
0: since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. So much so less. So much so less.